Hey everyone, welcome to Waypoint. Oh, I don't, I don't do. Mm, Kato, I don't even know what the intro is on there, this. Is Wait, there welcome. one? It feels there like for the the one hundred ones have been so disparate and far apart. <laughs> I feel like Rob, Rob has one, but I, I, I guess I need to come up with my own when Rob, Rob is not involved. So, uh, Rob, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry that I disappointed you in not having a carefully curated intro. Which maybe that'll just become. My version of the intro is just apologizing to Rob over and over again for not having an intro, and then that can just become my bit. But uh, we are here today because uh, we're here to talk about Kingsfield Four, the ancient city, as summarized by Wikipedia, a medieval-themed first-person role-playing game developed by From Software for the PlayStation 2 in 2001. is the fourth and final game in the Kingsfield series. HTEC published the North American release in 2002, while Metro 3D published the Europe release 2003. Well, hopefully as a result of this podcast, it will not be the last uh, game in the Kingsfield series because uh, I am joined by, as you just heard, uh, our our podcast producer, Ricardo Contreras, to uh, talk about this. And we are also joined uh, by prolific streamer, Dark Souls streamer, Souls streamer extraordinaire, and including a Kingsfield 4 streamer, both uh, originally in I think like 2006 and then and then again because I I prompted him to uh Lobos <laughs> Jr which if you're a big uh, Souls fan I'm sure uh you have uh, seen uh, his work online uh thanks thanks for joining us man yeah absolutely thank you for having me and thank you for that um that will lead up I hope I uh you know live up to all your your labels there um but when I I sent you a message before we started recording just like mm-hmm. over going over logistics and I also uh asked you know, would you like to be called by by your real name or or like, you know, your online pseudonym? You're like, hey, I've been called this name since I mean, since I was in third grade. So it's just become your your adopted adopted personality, huh? It is, yeah. I, I mean, my last name is Via Lobos, and mm. well, I mean, uh, my first name is Mike, which is a very common name. And mm. I had a <laughs> PE teacher who was just called myself and my brother Lobos, and it was like, okay, cool. So it just stuck, and it kind of became the the name for all of my online interactions at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was very funny. We, we did a, a stream recently where, uh, so this is, you know, this is a waypoint one one, which is our kind of like ongoing series where we revisit old, old games that we either played or wanted to play and do that with the audience. And, uh, to figure out the games we were going to play for the rest of this year after doing King's Field, <laughs> we did it. this stream. Uh, yeah, I know, you know where this is going, Kato. Um, and, uh, uh, we all gave PowerPoint presentations. I'm sorry, Google Slides oh, presentations yeah. on trying to convince one another what would be the best game <laughs> going forward. And then, of course, the reveal was that, oh, actually, we're going to do all of these. And that was part of the fun. And so we did a poll to figure out the order in which we were going to do them. And uh, the audience on Twitch was determining that. And uh, Kato, uh, <laughs> who we always call Kato, he refers to himself as Kato. Yeah. And so it would be understandable that an audience member would just assume, well, that's just his, that's his birth given right. name. It is, is Kato. Yeah. And so when we put up the poll, he put God up Ricardo, it. his actual name. <laughs> and there was a, 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 a size, a sizable enough amount of the audience that was asking genuinely, who's Ricardo? Like, is this a typo? <laughs> a new person? Me. Whoa. Yeah. Me, and I think I think that might have sacrificed you some some votes, Kato. In the end, I think the, the yeah. confusion uh, created yeah. a a split vote. And but that's why um, we're not playing Team Fortress, oh, Team Fortress, Jesus, Final Fantasy Tactics until uh, 
exactly. It's quite, it's quite a mix up there. Team Fortress versus I don't know how <laughs> oh, I fantasy got there. tactics. I think I was thinking the letters T and F together. Yeah, that makes fantasy sense. Fantasy and tactics. I swapped them and then mm-hmm. went to the first thing in my head that was TF, which is not. Uh, is go ahead. <laughs> It's like kind of like it's like sense kind of like slowly drowning. Um, I was like, no, well, we, I've got you, I've got you, buddy. Um, I guess before we get to talking about Kingsfield, I mean, uh, Lois, I'm curious, like, what is your sort of like Dark Souls Souls origin story? Like, how how do you find Mm -hmm, yourself mm -hmm. to the Souls series, which then draws you to FromSoft? Like, where where does that where does that begin for you? Because obviously, it's become like a a pretty important part of you know, sort of like oh, your yeah. online career um, oh, or, or yeah. these games and this developer. Yeah, uh, it's a long story, sort of. I had a, a beginning like many others where my first introduction to that sort of game, this From Software uh, empire, if you want to call it that, was Demon Souls. And I played it for about two hours. I got to a certain point. I particularly was fighting the Red-Eyed Knight in Boletaria and... I got frustrated and gave up and said, well, this game's dumb. Like, who's going to have fun playing this? I'm not playing this. I put it down and it wasn't until maybe like two years later, I had a couple of buddies of mine who sat me down and were like, you are going to play Dark Souls and we are going to watch. And I was like, "Okay, whatever. You know, they can give me some tips or something like that. So I did it, managed to, you know, kind of figure out what it's all about and fell in love. And at that point, I was very early into my streaming career. Uh, I had done a lot of speed runs of kind of retro games, Super Nintendo, that sort of thing. And it just fell into sweet that I was going to speed run Dark Souls as well. And from there, it blossomed into whatever it is today. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is, uh, what is sort of the key to, to speed running a Souls game? Like, is there other like uh, mm-hmm. there like particular tactics that carry over from one game to another? Or yeah. is it like hyper specific to, 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 to each game? No, it's pretty like all the games are structured fairly similarly. You know, there's a path through the game. You need to identify what weapon's going to carry you and how quickly to get that and then what upgrade materials and where to get them. And that's pretty much it. Once you have all that, you just it's practice of learning what uh, if you're running through an area, you know, what's going to cause issues, what commonly will block your path or and how to deal with that. And uh, just practice beyond that, really. And is the the way you approach sort of getting better at speedrunning these games, are you constantly looking up what other folks are doing? Or are you sort of like trying to chart your own path through um, figuring out like, oh, these are my strategies mm-hmm. uh, for, for making it through faster? Honestly, so kind of my plan at this point, after several releases that I've been, you know, uh, up to date for, is I do my first playthrough. Then I will do maybe two to three or maybe like one to two casual runs with different builds. So like maybe I'll do a a melee build and then the next playthrough I do magic so I can learn, you know, how good that is and and how it functions and just kind of continue familiarizing myself with the game in, in general. And then I'll do some challenge runs like no leveling or no healing. And those are the kind of things where I hone and figure out like, okay, this boss causes me a lot of problems. Like I'm going to need, but but in doing that, I practiced the boss and I learned ways to uh, successfully, you know, avoid all the damage and, and kill it quickly or whatever. And then at, usually once that's all said and done and I've uh, 
good idea of what I'm doing, then the speedruns will will commence. And um, I don't speedrun too hard. I don't do it really competitively. I just kind of I get an idea of what I want to do, and then if I do it smoothly, I say all right, and then I move on, and that's pretty much it. Um, I forget. I don't know if we've. Have we, I'm sure we've maybe talked about on the podcast what your soul's origin maybe. story is, but I, f- I figure for like the sake of this podcast, yeah. like setting everyone's markers down is interesting. So where 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 do, where do you enter into this conversation? Uh, I am a Dark Souls baby. Uh, <laughs> I came on uh near the end of the ps3 so i got a ps3 very very late like i feel like the ps4 was already like announced when it got a ps3 but it was one of the first games i picked up because i had watched a friend play some of it i thought it looked really cool um and i like got it really into my head that those games weren't hard people were just playing them wrong <laughs> which is wow, wow. you, you ass <laughs> look i well look i mean it is kind of the thing right it's like people expect uh-huh. a sort of actiony game that doesn't have the same type of friction that these games do but if you're patient about it it's not it's not about a sort of dexterity almost it's all it's more about knowledge right um which is a different kind of difficulty i guess i don't know we're, i don't want to we're gonna get into fucking difficulty discourse on this podcast but i remember <laughs> seeing them and being like oh you just have to be careful and you can make your way through um, maybe slower than people who are used to like, I don't know, like uh, the the one big comparison for some reason I had in my brain was like the Devil May Cry series, it's a totally <laughs> different game, too, yeah. right? Like, but yeah. the idea that uh, that might have been why people say it's really really hard, and then I watched my friend play, and I was like, this doesn't seem that that hard. I could probably do that. It seems fun. And then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then I stuck, I stuck with, I I skipped uh, two. Uh, still haven't played that one. I want to go back and play that one. But then did three and uh, Bloodborne and Sekiro. Um, and yeah, I really just enjoyed the. I I devoured Sekiro that the nice. second that came out. Yeah, that's sixty well, that's like hours into one, it. right? Yeah, I think so. I think it it rides that line between actually having both things of the like. You have to be patient, but you also need to learn a. Uh, there's a there's more active button pressing i guess is mm-hmm. is kind of my mind to it where it's like if you uh if you're jamming on buttons too quickly in souls you're probably like panicking <laughs> but in sekiro <laughs> like blocking had such a like quick cadence to it most of the time especially during boss battles that i found really really like enjoyable um so yeah i really really love that one <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I've, I've told this story before. It's not a, all that exciting because it lines up very similar to, <laughs> to, to Lobos in which I, uh, I didn't play Demon Souls. Um, uh, and, but then Dark Souls came out. I got as far as the Taurus Demon to like mm-hmm. wrap my head around it and went, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess these could be interesting, but th- I don't know why people would want to play a game that's so mean to you. It just seems masochistic and boring. <laughs> uh, put it down and then... You know, between Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2, uh, like the legend of Souls only grew amongst folks that I like respected and in my friend group. And so by the time Souls 2 came around, uh, it lined up neatly with my uh, wife being out of town. And I just like Mm. she was going to be gone for like a week and a half. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to just like boot up a Twitch stream. I'm going to turn on Dark Souls and I'm just we're just going to power through this game. I have like nothing going on except me 
pizza, beer, and a week to myself. <laughs> and so let's just do this. And I, you know, I, uh, like a lot of people, like made it to the, you know, ringing the first bell in Dark Souls. And I think if you make it past the two gargoyles, essentially at that point, you can make a determination on whether these games are going to work for you or they're, or they're not. And like, I was fully bought in uh, at that point um, and have been, have been committed to them ever since. But um, I think it's interesting, kind of what you mentioned about the notion of like patience and knowledge. I think that gives us like a good introduction into talking about uh, Kingsfield uh, four, because like, this is a game that comes out in uh, 2001, which is, let's see, when did Demon Souls came out in 2008? Uh, 2009, February Nine. 5th, oh, wow. 2009. So, um, you know, quite a gap between those. I mean, obviously from soft, I'm sure release games in between, but it's like, I think something that was we were talking about before um, we started recording was that uh, I think for the, I think I can generalize here. The vast majority of people who now call themselves from software fans um, means something very specific, which is that <laughs> they became fans of, of the souls games starting mm. either at somewhere along the continuum of, you know, demons to bloodborne. I feel like bloodborne is like, like introduced the series to a whole ton of new people, uh, given the different aesthetic and, and combat style. Um, but you got to join that train at some point. And then maybe you went back as far as playing demon souls. Maybe you played the remake that came out on, on PS five, but that the Kingsfield, you know, from stuff is a studio that's been making games for decades and, uh, yeah. they haven't done anything to make playing those older games accessible or easy. <laughs> like they've not done a from soft collection. I would you like to see yeah. the design legacy of this studio? Um, and so <laughs> that was the motivation for, for Kyle and I to sit down and check out uh, Kingsfield four. Cause it seemed like, all right, this can be a, a gateway into what they were doing before, but is also simultaneously the most modern version of, of that. And yeah. I'd be curious to see like this marker before Demon Souls kind of is this kind of like sliding door moment that fundamentally uh, changes the, the company and is the introduction of Miyazaki as sort of like a principal creative. And what I I would say, like first impressions, having uh, played, you know, the, you know, the 15, you know, 16 hours of it that, that we got through, we didn't manage to get through the entire game, uh, unfortunately, but um, was actually I was I was shocked at how much it, how similar it felt to the Souls games, how much DNA mm-hmm. that I, I have come to appreciate or uh, I should say more accurately at uh, a tribute to Miyazaki or Souls specific were actually things that FromSoft has been doing for much longer before. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that the sense of isolation, the sense of patience, the sense of exploration, the sense of sad, sad sack of shit NPCs <laughs> that um, are just yeah. bum, bummers to talk to all that stuff. <laughs> Is here in Kingsfield Four, uh, and I, I have to, you know, although I've not done the, an exhaustive run through the, all the games before that, it signals to me that this was something that was part of From Software um, long before Souls came around. And so, um, you know, Lois, I know that you had you had played it, you done a run th- a thrown through of it uh, years ago, and then revisited it mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. sake of this podcast, which we appreciate. Um, I don't know, like, I guess, where do you fall in that similar sort of bucket of like having, I assume you played it after being exposed to souls and then went back to this to try and understand what else the studio had done. Yeah, totally. So I did an entire playthrough of Kingsfield, well, US one all the way through ancient city. And I, I did some other from soft titles as well. Um, eternal ring is in the 
very similar similar vein to Kingsfield. I actually like that game so much. I speed run it and now hold the world record uh, of oh, the two people yeah. of the two people who run it. So <laughs> you know, I can still say this, but yeah, um, yeah totally playing these games. <laughs> And even just watching them, uh, I noticed from my viewers, they just go, oh, yeah, this is I can see where Dark Souls came from. Um, There's this whole kind of upfront vague telling about what's going on. And they just drop you in here and you're running around and you're not certain if you're doing the right thing or (laughs) where you're supposed to go. And there's people who are they're not really to necessarily help you sometimes they're just antagonistic and just like (laughs) whatever and you're like okay uh let's see where this goes and just like the souls games they've got um you know you'll you'll spend hours traversing an area and suddenly it loops back and you're you're where you started and you're just like where where have i been going like it's it's this magical feeling of like you said isolation and just discovery exploration and that's just what i fell in love with souls games in the first place for uh kind of you you largely experienced this game watching me play it i know that you played a little bit of it on 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 your own but i think the vast majority was watching me uh do it on stream i don't know like what 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 were what were your first takeaways playing or watching watching me play the game (laughs) i mean yeah i think that there was a lot of um, surprise, like you were saying before, of of how much of that DNA was there that early. Uh, Especially something about the the combat struck me as like, oh, this is just way slowed down (laughs) version of the concepts they hit in Souls eventually, right? Like the way you have to wait for your stamina bar to come back up is kind of like the cooldown between weapon swings on like a heavy weapon right uh like those things are kind of built in but they're built in in a way where it's a little more esoteric it's a little harder to read maybe because you can you can swing faster than that and you do like zero damage and you're like what's going on why i'm just i'm hitting the swing button but nothing's happening it's like oh you have to wait for the fucking bar to come back up instead of them locking it into the weapons intrinsic like oh you can't swing faster than the weapon can go right but Mm -hmm. it's still interesting that that sort of baseline of like what they want you to do is take to to take measured swings when you're you know really consider and be deliberate about when you're hitting that button instead of uh you know just hitting it as fast as uh, humanly possible um and it's really yeah it's really interesting to see like the precursors of that sort of design philosophy in in this one uh it was so uh i you know i played this game using a, a hacked ps2 connected to my computer mm-hmm. is how i'll explain it for um let's say <laughs> vice's legal department um but <laughs> Uh, one thing I was, I was, I was sanctioned by a, uh, uh, Dia Lassina, who is a contributor to, uh, Waypoint, um, and also a massive Kingsfield and specifically Kingsfield, the ancient city fan. Mm. And, uh, I was instructed by Dia that it was okay for me to remap the, the, uh, the look controls to Mm. the analog stick to get closer to the sense of free look, but the game obviously doesn't have that. It, no. The game is designed to be discreetly like this is so difficult to explain if you're a gamer that has grown up always understanding that 
Oh, like if, you, if you've always lived in the analog stick era, that like right. when you look around mm-hmm. or you manipulate uh, a camera, which you're in a third person game, that you have free ability to move that around. When yeah. in in Kingsfield, it is it is more like a D pad. It is it is there is an up, there is a down, there is a left, there is a right, and you can combine those things to emulate the sense of like <laughs> you know free free look movement but the game is always has a sense of awkwardness um because like forced awkwardness like chosen awkwardness yeah because it, it is it is mapping those things uh separately so even though i i mapped the up down left right to the analog stick um and was able to then like give myself like a, a little more a freedom of movement like you're still stuck in that sort of restricted space and uh, kind of uh, correct me if I'm wrong but I think when you when mm-hmm. you were playing on your separate playthrough yeah. you did not do this no and you stuck you stuck to do you can you explain what the controls were sure. for like how you look around so on the d-pad you have move forward move back turn left and turn right <laughs> uh and then on the uh on the L1 and R1 buttons, you have strafe left and right. And then on the L2 and R2 buttons, you have look up and look down. <laughs> Which, honestly, for some reason, I think, I don't, I like, I mean, I, I enjoyed my time playing with these controls uh, because I'm a monster, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, it, it felt like, you know, they've deliberately de-emphasized up and down because it does very rarely matter. And, like, you usually yeah, have the true. time to kind of, like, set yourself up before you go in. Um, and so I found moving around with just, like, I was able to move everywhere I needed to. It, it was kind of, It's kind of the same concept, right? Like, you, I'm using my my uh, top fingers, though, instead of the, the, the stick. So my thumb was free to hit the, like, attack button. Um, so it felt like it was achieving a similar thing that analog sticks do where like if you put attack on like the shoulders instead, but it, yeah. it made me like not look down a lot. And I found that, uh, unless it was like the slimes, which you really have to kind of like stare at, I was hitting most <laughs> God, everything. The, fucking, the, the, fucking, the, the slimes the, are impossible. I don't, the hardest I don't know what the fucking well, hitboxes. What is it? I can't the, tell. The, the, <laughs> the slime, the slimes combi- uh, combined with the games, like incredibly difficult to parse, like sense of distance is, is I, I think in, in the 15 hours I played, like that was the most, like there were a lot of parts that were like sort of awkward or, or weird or, or challenging. But I think the most trouble I had early in that game was just like, how close do I need to get to hit this slime <laughs> without being poisoned by this slime because I don't have that many, you know, you, you, you sort of like the end up breaking is, the currency. You <laughs> will ahead. be poisoned. <laughs> you will no, be poisoned. You should no probably just, around it. you should yeah. just run through them um, and uh, <laughs> go uh, stick your tongue in the uh, fountain that like gives you health uh, around the corner when you go left down that mine uh, early on. Um uh, Lobos, like, how how did you play the game? Did you like remap things? Did you play it with the original controls, or did, like change that in different times that you've that you've played it? I'm pretty much always an original controls guy, even if they're horrible. Yeah. I, I, you know, I <laughs> I do a lot of retro games, and um, whether they are ones I've played in the past or ones I, I'm new to, I I like to kind of immerse myself in what it would have been like to play it. You know, as a kid, maybe on the couch playing Kingsfield, like. 
Oh, these controls. It, it, oh. it And the, <laughs> Kingsfield is interesting because a lot of the combat is based around your your turn speed and your look speed. And right. it's interesting because they definitely can make it faster. For example, Eternal Ring came out earlier and uh, the turn speed is much more uh, reasonable, I guess. It's, <laughs> it's still something to deal with. But, you know, later in the game, you get to these enemies that will circle you faster than you can turn. And it just becomes like, mm. uh, how am I, <laughs> how do I deal with this? Just like back away or, um, so it's really interesting. I think a lot of people, uh, may, maybe younger gamers today would just touch it once and just say, this is awful <laughs> and never touch it again. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, uh, like Kato was saying, it is kind of, uh, from software's, I don't know, they're how they approach, um, you know, getting into the game, you you uh, you have to like understand that you are limited in this way and make that work for you uh, and not against you. Well, and it's it's fascinating because it's it's I mean it's a deliberate choice, right? Like for yeah. why like I kind mm-hmm. of had burned like I in my head because my first experience with Kingsfield was uh, when I was extremely young, uh, renting Kingsfield one. Or I don't know if King, I don't think Kingsfield one actually came to the U.S. I think it was the, one of the original the, one did not. Two came to the U.S. as one as so, as yeah. one. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's the one that I played. That's the one right. I played two. That two is the one that I played. <laughs> um, well, you know, just picking that up at the, the local video store um, with my parents on, you know, like a Friday night. And I remember bringing that home. Not I played a bunch of it. I don't. It didn't keep, it didn't really stick in my brain. So I don't I don't think, you know, like eight year old, nine year old Patrick particularly found it impressive. But what for, <laughs> so then I guess the, the reason I make that point is because I sort of like stuck it stuck in my brain that oh Kingsfield is a PS1 franchise. And so um, mm-hmm. that's why it sort of broke my brain when booting up the ancient city because, oh, this is a PlayStation 2, the analog sticks have been here all along. Like in the PS one, <laughs> of course that, you know, you might not have proper analog stick support because like the dual shock came along like midway through the, the life cycle of the PlayStation, but the PlayStation two, like we're here, baby. Yeah. Like we got analog sticks. And so they, they use it, but like, it's such a, they are deliberately trying to harken back to like, I mean, Kingsfield itself is, you know, uh, speaking in 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 the legacy of dungeon crawler games, like it is a three dimensional mm-hmm. uh, turn based, you know, dungeon crawler that all, that happens to be in real time, and like right. that's sort of like the gimmick <laughs> of of Kingsfield. And what it makes that and then what makes Ancient City so wild to play is like, hey, we're still doing that <laughs> fifteen years later, and yes. We could have let you just look around, but we're not because that's the kind of game we're making. And I think that is where you see a lot of echoes or or uh, you, you can see the, the 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 this longstanding tradition within the studio mm-hmm. to make what may seem like frustrating or arbitrary or uh, I don't know, like anti-player choices. But they are deliberate choices on their part to evoke a certain feeling and also to evoke a certain play style, right? Like I think, mm-hmm. you know, kind of look, kind of looks at, at demon souls and says the world is full of idiots. If they would just play this properly, <laughs> like they'd be fine. <laughs> idiots just and, I, and I think, you know, what, 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 what demon souls was going for was like, it was like running against the trend it was like, right. You could see the King's field in, you can see why they built it. Like it feels like a natural extension of 
of King's Field, which is like, but giving the player a lot more freedom of movement and it, it, it shifts closer to an action game, um, mm-hmm. but still has a lot of that like deliberate pace. You still do a lot of, you know, maybe not for you, Lobos, but like for us, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, uh, amateur uh, Souls players, frequently a lot of what you're doing is like going in a circle around an enemy. And you know what you do a lot oh, in yeah. King's Field? Go <laughs> in a circle yep. a lot around <laughs> an enemy. <laughs> Yeah, that's the circle round, hit him in the butt. That's why I'll say, like, I'll say it all the time when I'm doing it. It's just, that's, it, it's what works. And they've definitely become, you know, they've they've added in kind of counters to that as they go that are harder to make that. But you can still do that in a lot of cases. <laughs> yeah. And it makes it, it makes it interesting having played the game with the analog stick mapped because it actually, some, other than being, making it a little more approachable, it actually just sort of break the game fundamentally because you are capable of moving at you're not actually doing a turn speed faster than what is possible, but mm-hmm. you are manipulating their the player at a speed that they didn't really design the enemy encounters for. So like it, fe- it felt like frequently I was getting into situations where like, all right, I, I'm just I'm just dancing around these dudes because like the game isn't really I'm moving at a speed that the game isn't anticipating and so i can sort of like not quite break but i can definitely make if like the closest the game has to an easy mode is yeah. like just being able to move and look at like a reasonable speed at the same time um which which made uh makes it like you know easier for me to get through and, and fun for the audience but i it definitely does like uh in retrospect sort of like pushes back against you know sort of the the feel they were going for which is like and anyway, kind of you, you made an interesting point of like Yes, the up and down being mapped to, uh, you know, L2 and R2 is uh, seems odd at first. But you're right. When I think about all of our time spent in that game, um, like how often are we looking up and down? Like it's only just to scan an annoying skeleton with uh, a bow and arrow. Um, but I'm not shooting up. Um, maybe that maybe that maybe that changes later in the game. Um, but I, I you're not spending a lot of time vertically interacting with enemies. It's always sort of happening. No. There's a uh, few horizontally. There's a few moments where it feels like, and this is where we decided to put in the the other dimension, right? Where you're like the bugs are a little low, <laughs> and then that fucking spider ceiling spider early on. Ugh. Also, you have to kind of look up for that. <laughs> but apart from that, like all of the other like normal enemies are all right at like you know eye height, and you're mostly just going forward and backwards, not really needing to do too much of that up and down movement. Um, but you can you can like set yourself up and then like run at them while looking down a little bit and <laughs> it's not too hard to control then but uh yeah does that does uh does any of that change lobos like later in the game like you've you've played more of, of this yeah. game than that either and i have like where where, where did we made so let's see the, the uh kind of where did we leave off we Pe- pepsi left man off, yeah pepsi man <laughs> the big ice, uh like guys, co- co- yeah. <laughs> judo chop ice soldiers um as you're so working your way like, through the yeah. After the kind of the earth area, you go into like a, a, a misty cold area. Is that yeah, what you're talking about? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay, yeah. Cool. The, yeah. The I mean, um, some sort, right? yeah, for the for the most part, those enemies are going to be right in front of you or maybe maybe below you. But like, yeah, like you said, they do pepper in. Yeah, you, there were birds. I don't know if you saw those in like the center tower area that yes. fly. So you very can annoying. Look up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you guys got a bow, but you you do wind up getting a bow and you get some ranged magic. So I did a fair bit of looking up and down. Um, it you know sometimes you can peek over a ledge and shoot at guys who are who are down there. 
but yeah, generally it is it is that straight on combat that's that's that they work around. Uh, yeah, we uh, Connor and I made a valiant effort to uh, shoot those harpies, <laughs> or whatever equivalent. Um, and I think once or twice through like sheer luck an arrow was touched by god and like managed to <laughs> connect but then they would but then they would come over and do their wind magic and i would die yeah. um and then i my, my decision going forward was just i'm not going to i'm not going to fight these flying creatures i'm just, just gonna run I'm run just, just gonna run keep, I'm, I'm just gonna <laughs> run because it just seems like they're contained to this one area that all i need to do is get to the next bridge right. I, I, I don't see any reason that i yeah. need to deal with them maybe they drop some cool shit, but they, you know what? They do drop a ton of gold, actually. For that okay. point in the game, they drop like 300-something gold, and most things oh are dropping gosh. like between 20 and maybe 50 or yeah. something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, they're huge, but yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> it's rough trying to kill them. Um, I still need to watch at some point. They, you know, because the pacing of the game is so stark when you first start uh, playing it that uh, people are like you you, sh- you really need to go and watch speed runs of Kingsfield oh, yeah. uh, because they are uh, wild and uh, <laughs> I, I guess like the base level of how people are, is like they don't pick up any weapons they just they just uh, use the fists all the way through um, and I'm like okay sure yeah why not and I guess <laughs> a game that is supposed to take 25-30 hours they finish I mean I shouldn't be shocked that they finish it in 45 minutes but I still right, yeah. am, am nonetheless it's, it's, it, I guess it stands out even more just because the movement speed in the game is such that like the notion of doing doing that game and not falling off something in that 40 in, in 45 minutes is uh, I don't know at some point I'm going to have to watch one of those because I just need yeah. to see how, how it gets done yeah, I watched the speedrun actually at the end of my playthrough this time around. Um, I I did just about a hundred percent run this time, and it is a mm. beefy game. It was about 40, 45 hours. And oh that's having played it before too. So I and I was also using, you know, advice from chat in certain cases, like, okay, what am I missing? What do I need to get? Um, and I don't. I don't know how much we want to talk about late game or end game. I don't want to spoil. No. You, yeah. You, for you. Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. You can spoil. I'm. I'm. I'm okay with that. That's yeah. sure. So there's basically two endings. Uh, uh. You know, akin to the Souls games. Typically, they give you a choice. It's like one way or the other. It's not necessarily as obvious here, but you can you can wind up you know gathering a bunch of equipment and items and actually forging the the moonlight sword, which is a staple across from right. since yes. before Demon mm-hmm. Souls. And if you use that on the final boss, it like permanently defeats it. Whereas if you use any other weapon, uh, it does not. And, you know, <laughs> the cycle continues kind of. So it's uh, it's interesting. And but but with the speed run in particular, they will, you know, do that faster route because they don't need to collect all these things. And um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, the. I think the thing that struck me and uh, Connor and I when we were when we were uh, playing it was that, and, th- and I guess this this is true in the Souls games, but seemed just so much more apparent here was like you can just go to that end game area like pretty early in the ancient city where like Kato and I it's like we touched the door and it said like you're not kingly enough, but then if you go around mm-hmm. the corner from that door, you can go to like down a long hallway and then you walk up this kind of like stairway and there's light there's like light it's yes. like the most atmospheric I, the game has been to that oh, point and, yeah. I'm, and 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 uh the chat is buzzing and being like 
you really, no, you should go there, but you shouldn't, but you should go there just to see what's going on. <laughs> and like we walk through and I mean, it's in, like, incredible looking. Like, the game is so restrained and chill despite the fact that it's like an extremely hard dungeon crawler. But like in terms of like it's an it, aesthetic, it is so restrained. And then you get to here and it's like mm-hmm. someone pulled out a heavy metal guitar and is like, yes. here we go. Oh. It's time to take down these fantasy creatures. And then we like walk around a corner and there's some fucking crazy energy night. I don't even know. Yeah. And he just like takes us out in one shot. And, and then Chaz is like, yeah, that's the end of the game. You can't go to it right now. You shouldn't. But I mean, you could if you would like to. <laughs> So I'm actually watching like some highlighted stuff from my playthrough just to kind of rekindle any thoughts or ideas. And I'm actually in that spot right now. But that is the one place that I remembered from my first playthrough because, yeah, you're right. It's just a stark contrast. The music kicks up, which normally the music's kind of melancholy or chill and just there and you're like all right i'm vibing but then yeah here it, it just dun, 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 and you're just like <laughs> yeah. you're panicked and you're yeah. like and the whole area you're just taking damage over time and you're like i got to do something here fast before i run out of all resources and figure what i figure out what it's all about and yeah it's i, I love that part yeah, like as soon as I start, we started taking like I, I, I think it was maybe like the equivalent of like psychic damage or something <laughs> like I have no, I have no idea because the game doesn't the game doesn't even tell you <laughs> like the different like element states that you can get into. It's just all of a sudden a very scary looking skull yeah. appeared next to the status of my character, and it's like why well, you don't want that? You hate you hate to see yeah. it uh, when the the pink scary skull becomes attached to your character because <laughs> things are probably not probably not going to end well that way. Um. It kind of, I don't know. Like, what have, what have, uh, what are, what are your summer bigger takeaways from, from having, uh, played and watched the game? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I really expected it when I first saw the, like, kind of way that it controlled to be a wholly, like, separate kind of experience. But I, I found it, it related so much more to, souls than I initially thought. Um, and I like, it made me kind of <laughs> very interested to maybe look back at some of the other, uh, from soft games. Cause I'm looking at a list now actually of what they've made. It's like, holy shit. Oh yeah. Like there's a lot, there is more pre demon souls than there is post demon souls. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, this yeah. So many has been around and so many for different forever. titles. Yeah. So yeah. Many different ki- types of games, like horror and like, 3D dot game heroes is a game they made and the mech games and just yeah. all over the place. And it's just like you wouldn't think it given how big the Soul series became, right? Like right. Yeah. how kind of dominant in like f- as a as like the f- the front facing franchise for FromSoft in the like yeah. modern era. Like I I feel like I had never heard of them before uh Dark Souls like entered my mm-hmm. personal like viewpoint. Um I had heard of the Armored Souls, uh, or Armored Souls, God. Uh, armored Souls, armored God. I know, God. look, I know we're trying to wish that into an existence. <laughs> I know, yeah. and, and it might, it might, it might happen later this year if those leaks uh, are accurate. But. Oh my God. Uh, I had heard of the Armored Core series before, but like nobody I knew was playing them. I just knew it was a name of something that existed in the world. But apart from that, I like did not hear uh, from Soft. But it's like, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, way more willing or way more interested almost in going backwards through their stuff at this point, just because there's so much, there's so much that I feel like could be there. 
and that's and that's I, one of the things that been was instructive uh you know as part of this project was like you know just like reading up on 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 from soft like i in my head associated primarily that with them is like oh right before that they did games like armored core and king's field and then you look through the whole list <laughs> and like multiple times where like i have truly loved and enjoyed various like from soft games like not knowing like echo knight is a uh yeah. like spooky uh horror ps1 first person adventure game that um i like really really liked um i don't know if i ever beat it because like some of the puzzles were like fucking obscure and weird <laughs> as shit like I, I was reading i was with someone on uh on my twitter feed i don't know if it's the original echo knight or one of the sequels but like one of the puzzles involves you having to like sight read like music notes oh and if you just God. don't know how to do that like you just can't solve the puzzle <laughs> which is like ex- extremely <laughs> funny but it is is obtuse in a way that feels very uh from software and yeah and, um like of course they would just do pull some sort of dick move uh like like that with with one of their puzzles and uh uh what's the other one here uh, yeah the adventures of cookies and cream which is a yeah. a co-op excuse me um yeah. <laughs> the Adventures of Cookies and Cream, um, uh, known as Curry Curry Mix in Japan and Europe, an action-adventure game developed by FromSoft for the PS2. Um, and I guess, it was, oh, it was ported to the DS as Cookie and Cream. Huh. It, it's a um, it's a game where, like, it, uh, one player is on the left, one player is on the right. You're playing these two sort of, like, bunny fox sort of characters. Um, and it's kind of like a top-down platformer sort of thing, but you both have to be moving forward together to accomplish what you're doing. And I distinctly remember getting in uh, a lot of fights with an ex-girlfriend of mine uh, playing uh, this game. I don't know why we played it as often as we did, given that it it rarely resulted in a a positive outcome. Um, But uh, like, I have like super intense memories of that game. And at no point could I have told you like prior to a week or two ago that that was made, that was made by from software. Um, but just like goes to show like the breadth at which that studio has been making things like, despite their uh, sort of like popular sort of interpretation uh, uh, now um, uh, the one I've wanted to go, th- this is related to King's field. Um, but a lot of people have said that they really like the shadow tower games. Uh, yes. the, the, mm. the first one was only the first one was released here. Um, and then Shadow Tower Abyss for the PS2 was not released uh, outside of Japan. But people oh. people have pitched it to me as uh, like, what if you played like a first person from soft, uh, uh, you know, adventure game akin to King's Field, but you could get a gun eventually. And I was like, <laughs> ex- ex- fucking excuse me? Lobos, uh, uh, are you familiar? Have you picked uh, up a gun in Shadow Tower Abyss? Yes. Have, you, have you done yes, this journey? I have. <laughs> Absolutely. So I played Shadow Tower um, I actually Are you get a gun in that one it. too. You do. If oh, I wow. correctly, oh, so yeah. that's just part. That's just part of the Shadow Tower. The Shadow Tower guarantee is yeah, that we'll guns. we'll give you a gun. <laughs> yeah, it was it it it's uh kind of bloodborne-y, you know. I mean, Bloodborne leans into the guns a lot and makes it a real thing. And Shadow Tower, um, I didn't finish it because they had some. It it's very like much like Kingsfield. Uh, think that. But then they change some mechanics in ways that maybe aren't are even less fun, perhaps. So, for example, <laughs> to repair your weapons, you have to spend health to do that. Mm. And oh, my God. I, yeah. So I got to a certain point and they also like break pretty quickly. And I'm, I've just never really been a fan of repair mechanics at all. So, yeah, uh, it, yeah, 
it, it got on my nerves and I, <laughs> I'm over here I need to like go back though. Sicko's face. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that was one of the fascinating, um, like the fact that durability is technically a thing mm-hmm. in the ancient city, but it's not actually a thing <laughs> in the ancient city. Like you are getting this Kingsfield four is just like every two steps is like, Hey, you want another fucking weapon? Like got <laughs> so many weapons to give you. And it just felt like uh, every five steps you're opening a chest and you're getting a different weapon. And that the only time we actually ran into any sort of durability questions was, uh, what, what, what was it kind of, we realized that, uh, if you're swinging, if you swing a weapon that when you don't have full stamina, yeah, that impacts the durability. So if you're like going in for mm-hmm. fast swings without waiting for the, the full impact that can fuck up the durability. And so then like the, like the forest people fire knife that I was a big fan of was oh, yeah. like yeah. down to, uh, like 50 at a certain point. And not that it mattered because I just came across something far superior like you know an hour <laughs> later yeah uh, but the fact that you i don't think you can repair them in the ancient city unless i'm wrong on that front but that well, it just um, sounds like you didn't find where to repair them <laughs> oh okay well that's so, i mean so look. <laughs> just to touch on the durability a bit it actually dramatically affects the damage of a weapon and hmm. later in the game you still have weapons but you kind of choose for much longer periods of time like this weapon is really good and you still yeah like i said you do still find new weapons but you'll stick with them longer at least i did and i would uh notice around 50 durability that just oh my gosh it takes me five hits to kill this guy now instead of two and so i made a lot of repairs on my playthrough oh and you would like this too so the way that the repair mechanic works is there's an npc that does it but you give the item to the NPC and it tells you two minutes repair and it's real time. And you just sit there and you wait. And then eventually he has an option that says retrieve. You mash that until it pops up, gives you a display and it tells you which item you're going to retrive once it's done. And uh, so you just have to end up sitting there. And some of the stuff later game takes upwards of eight minutes. I think that's wow. the longest one is eight minutes. Oh my God. Amazing. So, <laughs> Amazing. On the bright side, he will do all of it simultaneously. So you can okay, hand yeah. him all of your gear and then <laughs> um, not, not press fast forward on the emulator. And then <laughs> no, you exactly not not do that. You would no, no, you I mean <laughs> look when you when you when you hack a PS2 and connect it to your computer, you can do a lot of crazy things. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, uh, that I, is, I, that is I think funny. I would have loved that as a kid, you know? I would understand that it's time to repair. So I would do it. I would just queue it all up and then be like, okay, I'm going to go make a sandwich and then come back. Mom, I need a snack. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's like you need an eight minute snack. Exactly. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, That is, that is, that's really, uh, can I uh, conjecture that is that related so my theory is so where we ended up was we needed to warm up the frozen forge. That's like mm. as far as we got in the game. Mm-hmm. So my theory was, and, and in that frozen area, you find a bunch of uh, like blacks, I, I assume blacksmiths or, or dwarves that were like frozen in ice. And those would mm-hmm. unthaw when you undo the forge. My theory is that we would, because when we, we found the blacksmith, but he was not home. And he, and it's specifically oh, one yeah, of the funniest. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. One of the funniest parts <laughs> in, in the goddamn game. You walk into the blacksmith's area and just like a voice recording plays like out of nowhere. There's like, Hey, 
I'm not home right now. Uh, I'll be back later. It's not Bye. like you pick up an. There's no note that you right. uh, like pick up. It just like plays over like <laughs> what I must assume is some sort of ancient medieval speaker that like detected that I walked in the room. Um, but anyway, so my theory was that uh, you'd, you'd warm up the forge, and then at the conclusion of that arc of the game, the blacksmith returns, and then I could return my equipment for him to uh, uh to repair it is that true or does it go in a different direction that is accurate i mean you know okay. you see a All dwarf right. yeah. and there's yeah. like you know like kilns and stuff nearby obviously he's gonna be the black yeah right, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah it's just that's such a truth i don't know but uh yeah so uh did you go into the hot area after there or you didn't make it there the pot area what oh, no, is the hot, hot the heat it's actually called like <laughs> like cave of heat or something like that but it's actually just oh, yeah. full of lava we it's, we you know I, uh we had a pro, we right i think kind of we were approaching right that there. area yeah. like i think i think gotcha, we, gotcha. we, we rounded the it. corner <laughs> yes i saw what looked like some sort of devilish kangaroo that's like all i can describe it as like <laughs> yeah, i just yeah, yeah. i just remember yeah. looking up and seeing something that looked had a kangaroo-ish appearance <laughs> had some sort of red eyes and i said it's it's probably time for us to save. We've been streaming for eight hours. I have to pick up my children. And so we ran, <laughs> ran back to a, a save point because um, we committed ourselves to yeah. using the save points in, in the game, which I'm sure added uh, yes. uh, th- three hours to uh, our time in the game. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, probably half the. Yeah, yeah. you got to lose all this time. That's how you get that much play time on the, these sorts of games. <laughs> um, or even, us, just, you know, like, you know, discovering how fast travel worked like it's such a it's such a weird but like extremely cool concept i think like by the end kato and i were gonna have to start putting like sticky notes of like where did we leave the blue (laughs) where's the red one (laughs) yeah like i i was using you know the colors to kind of denote so i use the yellow for the earth area and then like when there's a watery area that's blue and that sort of thing so i just make that that connection for those uh, for if people are listening to this and didn't uh, play the game, like just to, to clarify how it works, like, uh, you know, whereas in a, a lot, you know, like in Souls, you can jump from like a bonfire to another bonfire. Um, uh, <laughs> in Elden Ring, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the network test, but like, just hey man, you want to travel? Like, just pull up that map and you know you can. That that game is like m- very friendly for you to to move around and, and get around its bigger space. And uh, in uh, the ancient city, you many, many hours into the game uh, get access to these. And in fact, you get access to a marker before you have any idea what the marker does. And it would be Mm -hmm. very reasonable to leave the marker there and not carry it with you because you don't know what this object does. You don't know what this statue that it's connected to uh, does. But you you pull these markers, kind of stone tablets, and then you can put them into different slots uh, different statues in the world and then you get the uh if you do a you know an, an optional quest i think it's like could, i guess you could probably play the game without ever interfacing with the the fast travel you can get these three wands red blue and yellow uh and then you use the wands to travel to the markers and it's just it there are it, it, you touched on this uh lovos but the uh playing this game if you were a kid, had no access to anything except maybe some kid who imported 
the original game and like try to do some shitty fact on on game facts. Like <laughs> there are so many things to miss in this game. Like oh, yeah. it is true that the Souls games, like uh, I would say, like part of their uh, appeal is what they don't explain about themselves. But comparing, um, you know, a game like Demon Souls, not explaining exactly how a stat in, reacts to the what the player like does compared yeah. to Kingsfield, like leaving fundamental game features to be missed, optional or or never seen by the player uh, if they don't have a live chat yelling at them to like go back, like go do that thing. It's it's truly striking the freedom to miss things that is included in the ancient city. Yeah, I, I believe there is a point that you need to fast travel because you find okay. the wand and when you warp, it takes you kind of to behind an area you couldn't reach. And then you. Right. You oh, gain that's the that. uh, I think that's the. Yeah, like uh, but we uh, Kato and I were trying to figure out, like, well, I wonder how we get the green marker. And then I think I mm-hmm. in what, like I, I don't consider myself very good at solving puzzles. But when I remarked. <laughs> What if we just try and travel to where it is right now? Because shouldn't it yeah. be somewhere? And I was like, oh. <laughs> Perfect. See, that's, those, those are the moments I live for in these Souls games. Also, uh, another so, sort of similar moment. The game kind of teaches you that like water is great and it is all healing and all powerful and you always want to drink it. And at the end <laughs> of a particular section, I don't know if you remember this, but... You open the door and there in the corner, there's this fountain. You're like, great. Uh, you yep. walk up and you drink mm-hmm. it and you're poisoned. Yes, and I, yes. I literally said this because I turned left. There's an old man. I'm like, he is going <laughs> to tell me don't drink the water. And that's absolutely what he tells you not to do. But they obviously they put the fountain first yeah. and then yeah. him. And he's like, oh, make sure you don't drink. Oh, that it's, even worse. It's, it's even worse. I, I went I got huh. to that part afterwards after we had done that on stream. So I knew not to. I talked to the guy. He doesn't say shit. <laughs> he doesn't warn you. That dialogue only comes up after you've drunk the poison water. That's amazing. It's wow. amazing. Uh, it's so very I have good. to assume. So he's like scolding you. Yeah. He's just like, hey, hey, hey don't, don't drink do that. that. What, what are, are you, you doing? doing? It's very obviously poison. Look at the color. <laughs> oh, uh, it looks like so normal I have water to, assume to me. That it, the game, if that's how the game functions in which it doesn't tell you until you are a total dumbass and, and and do the bad thing that the game has tricked you in doing. <laughs> but when we had a similar moment where when you meet the uh, the vendor at the ancient city, like mm-hmm. directly to your left, um, uh, he has, uh, let's call them red barrels in uh, his shop that <laughs> are not apparent uh, immediately to be red or different uh, because we'd gotten so used to to being excited that, hey, we can now, because at the beginning of the game, you can't open up boxes and things like that. It's not really till you get the, the pickaxe in the, in the mine that you can, that you can do that. And so uh, we're just chopping everything and just seeing what we can find. Because actually that is like a, a, a difference between Kingsfield and the Souls games. The Souls games, <laughs> Yeah, look, I will roll into every barrel and I will I will bash them open knowing there is absolutely nothing inside. The games do not hide anything in those barrels. The opposite is true of Kingsfield 4, the ancient city. There's so much shit in those barrels that when you enter a room and there's 15 of them, you're excited because who knows oh, how yeah. many herbs, how many herbs or antidotes could be hiding inside. But so you get to that NPC and I'm swinging away and just fucking 
the room explodes. Like I get blasted <laughs> across to the other side. I've lost the vast majority of my health. And then I walk over to that son of a bitch. And his response is like, Hey, careful. Those red barrels, they're explosive. And uh, it was like, I don't know why he has a uh, Yogi, uh, the bear accent, that I'm just <laughs> hey. him, but I just, but I just, I just feel like really I've exploded in your shop. I have my arm is on the floor somewhere, uh, and your response to that is to uh, tell me, "Hey, by the way, maybe don't um maybe don't swing at those barrels." But that's like a very funny way to handle t- tutorialization of uh, of the game, which is a- after the fact as opposed to uh, ahead of time. Yeah, um, I definitely had a death to those on this replay. Did not remember, and for <laughs> me, I, I maybe my colors were a bit off. They didn't really look red, but they're definitely smaller. And so that's how I identified them going further. Just don't hit the small ones or hit them from a distance. Yeah. Um, well, before we get to questions that people wrote in, I don't know, uh, Kyle, is there anything that comes to mind about the ancient city that you that you wanted to to hit? Um, I think we've, we've covered a lot of ground, but I'm curious to see what questions got we got about it. Uh, <laughs> Do you guys plan right. to finish it? All the way. Yes. 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 Okay, I'm excited yes. for you <laughs> yeah. because yeah, it 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 goes deep. There's a lot, and it's it continues just what it started. So yeah. <laughs> that feels vaguely like a threat, both <laughs> from you and the game. Yeah, I'm like um, a, I'm one of those NPCs that you just encountered, and I'm like, yeah, step forward, it will be fun. <laughs> and you're just like, uh, I kill this guy. I, uh, well, that was one of the first things we did when we uh, jumped into the game. Was uh, <laughs> The, the first NPC that we met on the way to, was it David Bunches? Is that yeah, the name oh, of David the, well, he's, the, he's the shop. He's the shop owner. The shopkeeper. Right, but before you get to him, yes. you you meet one of the uh, the first sad sack uh, of shit NPCs yes. who's just got his head down. And I was like, uh, okay, what I, I wanted to know at that point was, actually one of the, the fun parts about playing this game was, okay, what is something that became a thing in Souls and how much of that like travels back here. And so then you're taking knowledge of their future design and trying to understand where it intersects with the past design. And so of course I, I just walk up to the NPC and I like, I'm like, I'm going to wallop this dude in the face. And so hit him and he, you know, he, and he turns red. um, Yeah. But he doesn't get mad at me. He doesn't respond. I don't, is it, do you know if it's possible to kill them? Do they have? Absolutely, yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right. Totally, yeah. I, I mean, my first playthrough, that's, I am notorious for killing NPCs because you never know. Like, you gotta do it just to see <laughs> just what to see they drop. Yeah. I know it's like, you know, it's not maybe the best way, but, I mean, whatever. I'm gonna play through the game a bunch of times, so I, I know. Right. Gonna, I gotta do it both ways. So do they drop shit in... The ancient city. So I this playthrough I didn't do it very much, so I don't okay. remember. I don't. I don't think you can get soft locked by killing. Um, I think they will always drop. Like if they need, if you need an item, or or maybe. But, but, I, but I guess yet. I meant. Um, do do they drop items? Like, do, do, is it do they have like hidden in, stuff that you? In general, not that I remember. Yeah, unless okay. it's like key right. items. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, that's fun. Well, you know what, Kyle? I think we're gonna. <laughs> dang, yeah. Dang. David Bunches Uh-oh. has he's I think he when, what, you know we when, when we know. discovered that he we had a need to know dude, well also he has a graveyard yeah. uh, like full of skeletons 
and a basement full of water. The man's up to no good. Something's and also, going on. Yeah, that's fair. Something's going on. He is obs- obsessed with cleaning, <laughs> uh, polishing that sign. There are other. Look, Kyle, we will go there. Yeah. We will buy the ultra rare items that he has on him. There's a magic spell that we need to buy off of him, yeah. right? I think that's what we learned. Um, that we'll go and spell. get that. And then we uh we swing away, uh, baby. <laughs> like we're gonna. He's he's going down for the count. Um. All right, so these are some of the questions that uh, people uh, sent in. <laughs> Anna writes, who is the most wretched little guy in all of FromSoft? Thank you, love y'all. Which I guess, I, I believe that that is in the uh, the spirit of the sad sack of shit NPC <laughs> or maybe like the goblin sort of, uh, you know, kind of like uh, who's the the antagonist in, in the Souls games, the ones who's always uh, dropping you into a... Oh, patches, uh, you mean? Yeah. Patches, patches yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I, I guess more generally, I'd maybe rephrase this as, Kato, uh, uh, do, do you have a favorite NPC, like a, a weirdo that, that that comes to mind in, in these games? Oh, I mean, there's so many fucking weirdos. I mean, I, I, before we had our David Bunch, we're going to go kill David Bunch moment. I, would, I probably would have said, said David Bunch is pretty up I there know, just because I, of I'm the name. I'm he's one of the wow. biggest weirdos in <laughs> these very, games. It's very good. Um, <laughs> God. I I do really um, appreciate the one-armed, uh, oh God, I forgot his name. <laughs> the insect row, the guy that you're like upgrading with uh throughout oh, basically yeah. all the game. Yeah. Yeah. This the one sculptor. Yeah. Yes. Who yeah. then turns into that one boss. Oh, yeah. Which exactly. is uh, spoilers, I guess. I'll mark that just in case. <laughs> um uh that guy was super cool and then uh very, very sad <laughs> story uh ending 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 there. Um so that's that's stuck with me. Uh uh, Lois, you've been these games, you know, countless times. Is there is there one that still sort of like sticks out? At, you know, when you go so, through, is there one? Is there one that particularly let you like killing over and over <laughs> again for some reason? So, if you would read the the exact question again, because I had a, something pop immediately into my mind. Oh, okay, yeah. Who is yeah. the most wretched little guy in yes. all of FromSoft? Yeah. So the, when you say wretched, wretched little guy, I think <laughs> specifically in Dark Souls Two, the um, the PvP Covenant guy, his name's Titchy Grin. He's behind the, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's behind the uh, chariot boss, and he is all about blood, man. He loves blood, and he is a wretched little guy. <laughs> his his voice acting is great because he's just he he is a yeah. I don't know. He he's a character. <laughs> um, I, this is like more general as opposed to specific, but I I enjoy talking to anyone who is like locked behind a prison cell. In a FromSoft game, because they they will always cackle in the yeah. weirdest way, and they always have uh, just the strangest stories to tell. And every time that happens, all I can think of is uh, I, I wish, like I would so desperately love of all the things I could do to like cover a game that I won't be able to do because I'll never get access to doing so. I would love to be sit in for like the voice recordings for the NPCs of a Souls game because like. The just the oddity of like their vocal inflections and the way they pronounce things is just I would just love to see how like how now that it's a house style as opposed to uh, maybe something they stumbled into. I, I just 
all that I would just love to see someone do the hee-hee-hee-hee, but like I want to see them do it into a microphone and I want to see them I want to see them do it in person. Um this comes from uh JG Minto. Uh which modern FromSoft game do you think evokes the design decisions of Kingsfield for the closest? Are there any specific mechanics you'd like to see return to their modern games? Um uh is there anything that comes to mind, Lobos? That's a, that's a good question. Um, let's see. I guess I would have to say uh, Demon Souls probably closest just because yeah. as they've progressed, they the games have gotten a bit more accessible and more accessible as, you know, it's now suddenly they have so many eyes on them. I think that it's kind of a necessary evolution. But um, as far as mechanics that that I would like to see in in a, in a Souls game or something like that, um, I, I really like, uh, the emphasis on weapons in the Kingsfield games. Like it's almost always like you wind up, you know, you, you're constantly trashing weapons. And then at near the end, you kind of have heard about and work towards this like legendary sword and you don't necessarily need to do it, but you can totally build up to it and upgrade to it. And then you have it and you feel like a God. And that's <laughs> kind of not, I don't know that that would fit necessarily in, in, in the soul series, but I like that. Um, the feeling that evokes, if not in a weapon or uh, at least uh, some sort of armor or something like that. Uh, I, I know this is less a, a specific mechanic as much as I would love to see them make another first person something, yes. Ooh, right? Yes, like I, yeah. I would love yes. to see them take, take all the lessons you've learned from, you know, making Dark Souls. And you know what? Just cash in all of this success and just make a weird first person something. Like, I understand their audience is so big these days. And it may, it warms my heart that so many people like these games and love these games. And, and I think the accommodations they've made in that direction have not lost the spirit of what made them special to begin with. Mm-hmm. But boy, what I'd love, I, I don't think they can do it with the Souls games anymore. And even, and even the ones that are spoking off, a Sekiro, a Bloodborne, you know, if they do it with Armored Core. Um, I think you could do it with Kingsfield because, like, who gives a shit about Kingsfield? Like, nobody. I mean, we do. We're here talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah. it. But I mean, like, so like, the broader population, if they announced a new Kingsfield that was a hardcore first person, we're going to kick you in the ass, push you on the ground and spit on you. Like, I think people would be okay with it because they don't have the attachment and the, and the perspective shift would give them an opportunity to revisit uh, something that is in concert with all that they're doing now. But uh, like a Kingsfield game with like modern graphics would look Mm -hmm. sick as as (laughs) hell. Um, And so I really want them to, when when, when this, when this person asks, are there specific mechanics that I see return to the modern games? I would like to see, all of these mechanics return, but like in their own in their own game. So they are kind of like stripped of the responsibility that goes along with like building a, a Souls game specifically and the mainstream audience that that entails. Um, it just seems like they have the cachet at this point. Like what's Bandai Namco going to do? Say no if they if they want if they want to make another one of those. Like if Microsoft wants see this is what Microsoft should do is like. They don't, you know, Sony's got a partnership with From Software. You know, Namco's kind of got the multi-platform thing unlocked. What Microsoft needs is a, a Xbox exclusive King's 
field Ooh. game. What else? What else could Game Pass want? But like a, a, a highly punishing next gen Kingsfield game. I, I think I've absolutely. I think I've solved it. Um, and, and if I could take that a step further, I've been saying for years I would love a modern Kingsfield with uh, VR because they oh dabbled God. in they even dabbled you know you see it they made Deracine which was just yep. out of nowhere mm-hmm. and you're like okay they're like they're thinking about I mean they're doing VR so clearly there there might be more to that and so if, it, if they announce Kingsfield VR like pff, man I Whew. now you just made you made it even worse Logan. I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry this. but yeah we, with the, someone brought it up in the in the chat uh, when we were playing the game. Like, God, imagine playing this in VR. But the version I imagined it was like, so you could your head could like move freely, but then you'd be waiting <laughs> yeah. ten seconds for the camera to catch up, oh and gosh. so you could just throw up on your way towards the the camera. <laughs> but the, I, you know what? That's if the if you made a first person next gen Kingsfield game in VR in which. The movement was still slow, deliberate, paced, but you could just look around at the world like mm-hmm, using the mm-hmm. headset. You could, you could, you could, you could evoke a modern feeling, even though the pacing of the game is slow. Would better fit VR because VR like works better and slower. Mm. Man, we're we're cooking with gas here. This is this is <laughs> the dream. The dream is here. Um, this one uh, comes in. Uh, hello, Waypoint crew uh, and Lobos. I hope you all doing well. And remember to drink water as you wait for Elden Ring. <laughs> First, I'd like to say I love the work that y'all do. And for Lobos specifically, I love oh. watching your modded runs of the Souls series. It's Thank been you. super cool to see the Souls modding community just do everything in their power to meld the game into different forms and uh, new experiences. As someone who messed around with Dark Souls 1 on Cheat Engine, it is extremely impressive to me the lengths that modders have, are going to to create these experiences. My questions are these. What do you think the future of modding scenes like this uh, looks like? What would you like to see out of both the modding communities and the companies behind the games that are being modded? And uh, so I can cheat this into a Kingsfield cast. If you were to play a modded run of Kingsfield for the Ooh, Asian yeah. City, what type of mod would you want to run? Take good care, uh, Botter uh, from Kuwait. So um, I guess we could, like split these out into two. But yeah, I guess that, that you know, Botter's asking, uh, what do you think the future? You know, as someone that's done a lot of Souls modding, what do you think the future of that is? And then separately, how would you how would you mod Kingsfield four to make it uh, interesting on a subsequent run? I I, th- I always think that one of the most interesting, most fun, most replayable mods for a, a Souls game like this is just an item randomizer or enemy randomizer. And that sort of thing, just you can run a script. It moves all the items around in the world, but it does it in an intelligent way that you can still, you know, you won't get locked on your progression. You can make it. It makes you check every single item location, not forget anything and uh, make your way through. So item randomizer for sure that'd be my most favorite um and as far as the future of modding i think unless from software comes out and um actually creates some sort of mod community or embraces it uh for now it's kind of like this gray area where they can't really acknowledge that people mod because it's like it's not Mm -hmm. technically against terms of service as far as what we can do with their game and so it's in this weird like tense state that i would love if they just came out and said all right here's this this package and the funny thing is they actually have a kingsfield maker 
and that they give you rights to the all the IP, oh God, and you yeah. can take it and you I can rebuild I, it. <sighs> and people point like, this they've out, done like, this. It's it's ridiculous that like I mean people have to be people have to understand like Lobos isn't isn't bullshitting here. It's not just that they did a Kingsfield Maker that was released for Windows in Japan where you can like build your own Kingsfield game. If you you can release, sell, and profit from your own king's field like that is so fucking like you just don't do that you let you can release a maker and then you're a nintendo which is or anyone like this that's not even nintendo they like hey here's here's tools <laughs> to make stuff we would love to profit off of it because it's yeah. gonna exist in our proprietary you know service and we're gonna make money off of like even if you charge for it like in the uh you know on steam right like you want to make hats for team fortress 2 well you're gonna sell those here on on uh steam and so we're gonna take our cut even though you're making that and so the idea that they allowed uh people to do that uh, and i guess it also uh, notes here that it was a full remake of the original kingsfield uh was included uh with the oh, yeah. uh the kingsfield or the sword of moonlight a kingsfield making tool which is a great name yeah it's just, i i played through uh, a re a fan remake of kingsfield 2 recently and yeah it was great like you know it, it just kind of it, it didn't have everything that the original had, but it it was all done by one person. They had a custom soundtrack and everything that fit very well. It's really and cool. they made can, it and they made it with that tool set with Kingfield make yeah with the sword of wow. Moonlight. You can go download that for free. Uh, I don't. Oh, actually, it's called Kingsfield Return to Melanot, and it's free. You can go download it, and especially with you know them granting the rights to the IP, just. <laughs> Go do it. Go play that. That you can get uh, the sense of what Kingsfield is real quick. God, that is that is wild. Uh, Kato, <laughs> if you were to imagine, if I was to start Kingsfield again, yeah, how, like what would be the worst possible way to replay that game a second time? God, I mean, no, I mean, fists only, probably <laughs> no, no weapons. God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're probably right. right? You're probably right. You would have to punch which, things. Which so then my response that would be, well, I'm gonna sit here with these. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna go fight these slimes, but like whatever those like bug creatures are, yeah. like in that like area before. You're just gonna get uh, extra fucking swole. <laughs> just yeah, continue yeah. Like, yeah, before just you, level. You, <laughs> just farm like five fist levels off David Bunch, and you're good to go. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, so that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Like, or uh, you know. I'm just fighting those bugs in front of that, like, you you know, you you beat that spider to uselessly fill up that fountain that you are never, ever going to go back to. Like, uh, uh, I would just spend my time fighting those bugs there. And then I guess you'd have to wait for them to to respawn based on the game's ar- completely arbitrary and inscrutable respawn uh, right, yeah. uh, mechanic. Like, it's, you know, in the, in the, you know, the nearly 20 hours we played in the game occasionally we've come across enemies again, but it's like super mm-hmm. unclear at like what pace or why yeah. or uh, what, like what determines it, um, which I, I, I like the fact that it's inscrutable in that way. And that it's, it's, it's similar to souls in that, Hey, when you leave enemies, you fought will come back, mm-hmm. but it's not as discreet as souls in which, Hey, when you save or, or your upgrade, you know, you're going to be punished by having the world populated again, it like finds a a more like obscure obscure middle ground, which is that we're just not going to tell you. But sometimes there'll be <laughs> sometimes there'll be enemies here. <laughs> um, uh, okay, this uh, it does not have a, a a name attached to it, but uh, the name attached to it is 
Elden Ring. It says, how well... Uh, I, mean, I feel like this one is specifically target at, at Lobos because I think you tweeted this at me when I said I was playing Kingsfield. Is, uh, how will FromSoft manage to improve upon the excellent music, voice acting, mm. and crafting <laughs> of Eternal Ring in the soon-to-be-released sequel, Elden oh, Ring? Man. <laughs> We didn't talk much about Eternal Ring, but let me just say, I, I believe that that is the most accessible uh, uh, first-person RPG from Soft Game right now. It's They have basically a remastered version on PS4. You can get off the PSN. Unfortunately, not in the uh, UK for whatever reason, um, hmm. but in America, you can get it, and I even have it on my PS5. It runs great. It's smooth. It The turn speed is much more... Uh, you know, reasonable than Kingsfield Ancient City is for some reason. And that's why I chose it to speedrun so much. It's, just, it's a blast. And they they take the system and they make it very, like, you get a lot of magic in this game here, no doubt. But there is a whole spell crafting system where you get these <laughs> gems. You might get a fire and, an, and a leaf gem and you combine those and suddenly now you have, like, the heal spell or the throw fireball spell. And you can spend so much time just figuring out what crafts into what and how that whole system works, but it's really good. And yeah, like I said, PS4, PS5, easy. And also it has a fantastic soundtrack as well, just as just like the rest of these Kingsfield games. I mean, yeah, the, the Ancient City has some real yeah. bops. And That's some uh, on there. it's like, it's always a joy when you, you, it's so very, very clearly being told to you by the game, you're in a new area. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we've changed yep. music. We have discreetly left this level and gone to another level. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. This final question comes in from uh, Bike Merlin. Um, what do you think FromSoft could have or would have been like had Miyazaki not taken over with the Soulsborne series? Seems like they had a lot going on before Demon Souls and that Demon Souls was a real, quote, sliding doors moment for them. Uh, thanks for everything you do. Bike Merlin. Um Kind of like having, you know, seen some of this game, played a lot of the Souls games, getting a peek into kind of what the studio was like. I want to pull up. Let's see. So before, I mean, there's a lot before uh, Demon Demon Souls. <laughs> like Kingsfield uh, does not necessarily, uh, uh, the industry does not necessarily predicate like a split for the the company right before Demon Souls. But I don't know. I'm, I'm curious where you, what you make of, Let's say Demon Souls was a flop, and then their their answer is, "I'm gonna. I guess it's time to make another King's Field game." What 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 do you think this this studio's games are like if Demon Souls doesn't take? I don't know. I mean, yeah, because do they make do they lean into Armored Core? But I mean, I guess they did still make Armored Core Five after Dark Souls, right? Am I getting that? I feel like they, was yeah, armor- they did make the last one they made was Armored Core Five uh, for the uh, the PS3 and Xbox 360. Oh, and actually that they had no Armored Core v- Verdict Day. Verdict um, Day. But what then is that? <laughs> uh, that is it was the fifteenth installment in the Armored Core series. Oh my god! Um, wow. But this is around the games. era in which these <laughs> games fall out of out of style, right. and and they're also not selling very much anymore. And right. Um, which is, of course, what makes Demon Souls such a weird inflection point because it, they these become, you know, it starts the 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 track of them becoming blockbusters as opposed to niche right. uh, games. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does a does a Kingsfield six hit the five hit? Wait, is it is is four was the last one, right? Yeah, yeah. four is yeah. City. Does a does a five hit? I I don't 
I don't see that being a thing that they can pick up with. I feel like, I don't know, maybe from soft doesn't become the kind of more widely known, uh, 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 dev that it is now. If demon souls completely like, you know, doesn't, 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 doesn't catch people. Um, yeah, it's very hard. Cause what else they, they still have a little bit of other things like, Monster Hunter Diary. What is this? They made a 3DS game between all of their... Yeah, and, and actually, like, huh. uh, Kingsfield, like, Kingsfield actually lived on after, briefly after uh, the Ancient City. Uh, right, I think they made these mobile games um, that didn't huh. that didn't come out uh, here. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah. I, That's I don't, the real it's, it's thing is, like, uh, I, I don't know what the, like, uh, actual amounts of these things coming over versus them just being uh, Japanese right. releases. But it, it does feel like there's a, a, a world where FromSoft can't just continue being a Japanese-focused like developer that kind of makes things that hit the right way in Japan but don't hit like worldwide. Um, but luckily we got the timeline where uh, they made Demon Souls and Dark Souls and well, that's and, and, really and it was great. just so interesting because Demon Souls hits at a very specific period in time in which uh, you had games like Gears of War, a game I like, but this was th- that game and games like it were during a period in which games are becoming more expensive. Developers right. are spending so much time building yeah. these worlds, and they want you to see them. There are mm-hmm. they're in, they're including buttons in games to like, hey, make sure you can see the. You know, the, the we want the camera to point. I know that you control the camera player, but like if you hold this button, we're going <laughs> to point the camera at the cool thing that we built in the sky that we want you to see explode. And uh, part of what made Demon Souls work was not that it was a brilliant design game in and of itself, but that it, be, it was juxtaposed against a trend in um, a lot of blockbuster games, you know, largely games made in North America and Europe that were uh, they cost a lot of money. They took a lot of time. And they were they really wanted players to see everything they were doing. And like right. Demon Souls was a game that was okay with you like booting it up, not liking it, and turning it off, or like <laughs> missing things entirely. And um I I think Demon Souls said had such a fundamental, profound impact on rethinking that approach to what games are and can be that is like really hard to over overstate. Um, because I th- I, I it's hard to imagine sort of like the modern gaming landscape without it, it didn't do that solely, but it did it. I think, I think it popularized that idea amongst so many people that you could actually have a game that was in antagonistic to the player. And it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't solely that I'm going to play it on legendary difficulty, like a halo game. It's like, no, actually foundationally what this game is, is going to be antagonistic and it's going to demand a lot from the player. And eventually the player can bend this game to its will and it's going to it, it'll be OK with that. But you have to earn the right to do that. And so I I find the question hard to answer because like I one, I don't know what games look like without. Right. Like, I mean, Elden Ring is going to be one of the biggest games this year. And that is just hard to comprehend. Like it's it's still a game. 
this is going this is going out on a a, a subscriber only podcast. Like I'm not spoiling anything <laughs> too much of what I've played that game. But like the game's still hard as shit. Like it's done lots of things to make it itself accessible. But like at the end of the day, it's a game where like you can walk up to one of the first major enemies and you're gonna get your ass kicked and not understand why you did. And the <laughs> fact that that game was gonna go on to sell tens of millions of copies is fucking wild to me. And so I don't know what FromSoft is <laughs> if they hadn't continued. If, if Demon Souls and Dark Souls hadn't taken off like they did, because I think it's like genuinely impossible to know where both video games in general went as a medium and where FromSoft went as a studio, because like those splits are just so they're too big, <laughs> like they're too wide. Like it's I, I, I don't I don't know where that studio went if things didn't happen uh, the way they the way they did. Um, I don't know. Lobos, maybe maybe you disagree. I don't know if you have uh, different differing thoughts there. Well, one thing that I really uh, kind of admire about FromSoft's take on games is, um, and I think this is the case uh, also just because they're a Japanese developer, but uh, a lot of times they, they it just seems like they do what they want. They make what they want, and then they just push it out there and like like it or don't like it. Who cares? Like we We made it, and that's what we wanted. And I remember that... You know, I've been through the launch of Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 and and interacted with, uh, you know, uh, people working on the game. And they'll say like, yeah, we we like send a message to FromSoft about this. And they're like, yeah, no, no, we're good. We're, we're not going to <laughs> make this change. Like, we're not going to make it uh, a more enjoyable experience or like, you know, more accessible in this way. Like, we like how it is. Like, we're going to keep it like that. And I, I guess I get that, that like a lot of people might see that as a negative. But to me... Like, I just love the departure from what everybody else is doing in that sense. And and I think as Souls has, you know, ballooned into what it is today, and especially with Ellen Ring and, and moving forward, I think they have made things more accessible, like you're saying. But at, at the end of the day, it's still, you know, you have to respect the game and then it will respect you and it respects you hard and, and vice versa. So, yeah, it. Uh, I, I think without Demon Souls and Beyond, um, they would have kept doing whatever it is they wanted to do. And they were doing it before. They were yeah, doing it for so long. Like before anyone was paying attention. I mean, people yeah, were paying yeah. attention, but like but like relative to where they are now, where like they are like one of the powerhouses in games where like anything they do shakes the internet. Like that was not the case before. And they were doing, I think that, I think that's like, like maybe a really interesting way to close this conversation is that part of it was so illustrative about playing the ancient city. was like, Oh, they, they were do you can, they were already doing this. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it was presented in a different way. You interact with it in a different way, but everything you see in Elden ring like has a history and playing a game like the ancient city is useful in demystifying. I mean, I think Hidetaka Miyazaki is a unbelievable talent, but I think also a lot has been put on his shoulders as, as though he is singularly responsible for tone approach theme design of like why all of this works. And I think a game like Ancient City, uh, like, d- d- proves that's not true. Like, obviously, isn't he is enormously talented and it brought a lot to the table. And we're not where we are without uh, his contributions. But that 
FromSoft had a thing, and he just came in and like <laughs> whacked it with a blacksmith hammer and took it in his own direction. But <laughs> yeah, that yeah. like they were they they already had a train that was humming along, um, and uh, it, he just kind of put it on on a different set of tracks. So um, I think that is going to bring us to the end of our discussion on. Kingsfield for uh, the ancient city. Uh, Kyle and I will continue to stream and play that game. Yeah. Um, now, nice. which that now task sounds all the more daunting <laughs> based on how you how you uh, how you have <laughs> chuckled like an NPC uh, uh, insinuating how that may go in, in the future. Um, but uh, it has been a pleasure having you on, Lobos. We oh. sincerely appreciate you taking With the it. time. Like this is a moment. Uh, what have you got going on? Uh, this is going to go out. Uh, to our subscribers, like uh, just before you probably start streaming, but like, what's what's your plan going? For, what do you got uh, coming up ahead with Elden Ring uh, also uh, launching this week? Yeah, that's that is it. Like for <laughs> two two months, two like pretty much two months booked out. Um, I have like I, I do a a lot of charity fundraising in May where I do a whole bunch of Souls runs and all that sorts of thing. That's going to be very heavily Elden Elden Ring focus. You know, there's it's just. It's going to be a lot of Elden Ring. And it's it's a long time coming, and I cannot wait to finally dive deep in. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's, it's going to be really fun because the fact that uh, it is as big as it is should hopefully extend the period in which it is slightly mysterious um, <laughs> uh, longer than even the usual uh, sort of uh, FromSoft uh, release. So... Uh, that is going to do it, uh, for us. Um, that's another, uh, for waypoint 101. If you want more from waypoint, um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at waypoint. You can see archives for our, uh, video and streaming work, uh, on Facebook and YouTube at waypoint vice. The VODs go up immediately, um, at twitch.tv slash waypoint. This podcast is brought to you by waypoint plus, um, that, uh, you are, uh, beloved subscribers going to, waypointplus.com to support us allows us to justify our employment by at a big company like vice by playing things like kingsfield for the ancient city which if we were to run that if we were to run that by a socials person who has done an seo search they would tell us don't play that game and i would say but what if we could become the number one kingsfield for stream while we're doing it as long yeah. as we don't overlap with Lobos because he would probably have more <laughs> viewers than us but that's cool as long as we just do it at different times yeah. we can both be the number one Kingsfield 4 stream uh, on Twitch at the at the same time so <laughs> the fact that we get to spend time talking about uh, games like this like exploring deeper our appreciation for uh, a studio like FromSoft uh, is thanks to folks uh, supporting Waypoint uh, Plus um, uh, you can uh, follow me uh at Patrick Club at Kato, where can people follow you? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Uh, our theme music is from what? Kato, I don't have it written here. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably from from this video game because. Okay. All right. Is that what you, is that for the one on ones? Yeah. Music? Sometimes I use the, okay. the game music for. Uh, I mean, it's going. From, it's a on. subscriber. Subscriber base. Nobody don't don't snitch. Don't snitch about it. It's okay. It's fine. It's fair use. <laughs> it's just like uh, ten seconds. 
Our our music is from the the composer to Kisu before the agency city Sukasa Saito. Thanks, thank Shout you, uh, Sukasa. Shout out <laughs> to, to to Saito San uh, for contributing ten ten seconds of completely legal yeah. uh, audio to uh, this <laughs> podcast. Um, Who, by the way, continues to do uh, music and did it for Sekiro and Dark Souls Three and that sort of oh, thing. Shit. No mm-hmm. shit. Is, uh, is yep. that also the composer on Elden Ring, or did they mix it up for? That Elden I Ring? don't know. That I don't know. Uh, let's see. We can probably answer that. Uh, that's the the least we can we can do. So for, I've got a, yeah, uh, I've got a list here: Dark Souls Three, Bloodborne, Blood uh, Bloodborne DLC, Armored Core, Kingsfield Four, Eternal Ring, Echo Knight. Looks like all the composer credits for them there. At um, least on IMDb. The. Uh, the Bloodborne soundtrack is so good. I will listen to that while it writing, is. despite that being like far more <laughs> dramatic than one should have um, when <laughs> writing for an embargo of some video game. Well, either way, um, that's going to do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, fuck capitalism. Go home. Go home.